Good morning, church. Okay, first of all, a question for you. <clears throat> Word association. Church. What comes into your mind? Oh, can you hold the good answers to yourself? <laughs> um, gosh, the obvious, the obvious. Um, it, most people, including Google, I imagine, when they think of church, think of this. Don't they? They think of a building. You know, when you Google church, you don't get people anywhere in it. You just get lots and lots and lots of buildings, hundreds and hundreds of different types of buildings. And I think for most people, when they hear the word church, they would, wouldn't they? They'd think of, the, of, think of a building. Today, we're going to be starting a series called Belong. We are church. And we're going to be thinking what it means to be church. And I, I want to encourage you to put aside anything you've ever thought of when it comes to church and maybe look at it afresh. Think about church again, because this is going to be an exciting series. This is going to be an important series as we journey together. And so... Whatever you can think of of church, some of that would be great, but some of that may be from past stuff, and I just want you to come afresh to what it means to be the church. We're going to look at this for a number of weeks, um, and so we want to be open to what the Lord might do amongst us as we take this journey. You know, our understanding of church will be based on a number of things. Who's ever only have ever been here, worshipped here? This will be interesting. Oh, one, two, three, four people. How many of you have come from other churches? Wow. Now, when we look at that, you know, for those of you who've only ever been here, your church is this. This is how you see church, how you understand church. You may have visited other churches, but for those of you who've been to other churches, your understanding will be influenced, understandably, by that experience, by the way the styles of that church were, were formed, and what you experience at those churches, and you might bring some of that with you, and some of that will be great. Um, but we learn what it means to be church in different ways. But you also might see church about in the way that you want it to be. In some ways, we all want church to be something, don't we? We want it to serve us in some ways, to, to be there for us, to do certain things. But ultimately, our definition of church has to come from Jesus himself. It has to come from what he established And we have his word, don't we? We have his word to look at and study and draw from to understand what it truly means to be church. Because in the New Testament, there is no mention really of a building. It'll talk about the church gathered and the church scattered, like Simon talked about a couple of weeks ago, but not necessarily a building that we go to. There's no real emphasis on the church being a building. There are certain analogies that the Bible uses to help us in our understanding. Let's just look at some of those. The Bible talks about being a spiritual building, not a physical building, but a spiritual building, a spiritual being, being sorry, a spiritual building being something that God is working in each one of us as we gather together. Something deep inside of us that is spiritual, that is he's working out by his spirit. And then the body of Christ. You know, to be part of the body of Christ, you have to be active, don't you? Your Corinthians talks about that, how we all have to play our part, how we all have to belong and contribute towards that to make it happen. And a family, any good family, has to have all involved. Where a family pulls together and supports one another and loves one another, any family unit has to have all involved. And then a people of God. You know, God always wanted us to be a people. 
a people that were set apart, a people that would belong to him, a people who would shine his identity out within the church, but also through the church. But for all of these, we need to belong, don't we? All of these, we need to belong. Have a look at this next slide. What is wrong with this slide? What should it say? Oh, nearly. Those of you who have got a notice sheet might have the answer. This is, where, this is the test of whether anybody looks on the notice sheet. We are church. We are church. If you go to the, there we go. We are church. You know, as a church, we don't just want people to come to church. That's not our aim, is it? We don't want people just to come to church. We want people to come to church because they want, we want them to experience part of what it means to be church. But our aim when we talk about church is not to just get people across a threshold. We want to draw them into something much greater, so much higher than that in and of itself. And so what does that mean? What does it mean to be part of the church? And as we, as we move forward, hopefully our, our experience and our understanding of what it means to be church will be enlarged. We'll see things more clearly as we go on together. Okay, next slide. So the church is two things. It's one thing, and it's many things, isn't it? Just to confuse you. The church is one thing, and it is many things. When we think of the church, we, we use language like the body, the people of God. That's one collective being, isn't it? Together. But also, it is made up of what? What do you see in these letters? People. It is made up of people. It's made up of you and me. Have a quick look around the room. Have a quick look at each other. No comments, please. You know, in each of you, there is a story. In each of you, there is a story. That God has started something in you, and he is working something in you. And we get to celebrate that together. So when you come to any gathering that we call church, or we're just going to call that for this sake, the gathered church, you bring that to bless somebody else. That you, by virtue of having a story, can bless other people. You can change somebody else by your story. That your story is something that you own between you and God, but it also is a story that you can use to bless many other people. That our call as Christians is to love God, isn't it? with all our heart, with all our soul, our mind and our strength, but it's also to love one another. It's also to love one another. And so when we come together, what God is doing is he's he's equipping us, isn't he? Through each other, as we belong to one another, he's equipping us to be the church he wants us to be so we can fulfill the Great Commission. Because the Great Commission is what? To go. We've been given a story to go with. We share that story together as a community, as a faith community, as we go in his name. But to to belong is to connect. You can't belong to anything if you don't connect with that thing, can you? And I want to really encourage you, as as we think about church over these next few weeks, to connect. Connect with what's being taught, but also connect with other people. Connect with those around you. Think about how you might connect more with a small group of some sort in the church. You know, I've the last... Um, 17 months or so I've connected with this group if you can, I don't know if you can see any of them on the left hand side you recognise any of them that there's a back it might be a bit of a disadvantage but this is my, my small group my missional community they are a great bunch of people I tell you 
And do you know what's great about them? Is they teach me how to follow Jesus. By virtue of being with them, belonging to them, and then belonging to me, as we share life together, I learn from them. I learn what it means to grow in the faith. I, I learn what it means to give of myself. I learn what it means to receive from others. But to do that, I have to connect. I have to belong. I have to want that. I, want to, I have to see the merits of that. These are a great group of people. People who I love, people I care about, people I choose to let into my life, people who choose to let me into their lives. And that's a sense of belonging, a sense of connection, where I bring my story and share that together with others. In Ephesians, we go to the next slide. It says, You are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole structure, being joined together, grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him, you are also being built together into a dwelling place for God by his spirit. You know, God wants us to grow. Church is not about attendance, it's about growth. It's about growth. It's about coming together to learn more about him. Learn about how he's working in each one of us together as we grow in him. You know, it's so tempting, isn't it, just to see the church as a service provider. And what doesn't help is what do we call this? A church service, don't we? In some ways, that language isn't helpful anymore for us. Because we come to be served instead of come to connect, come to give, come to express our faith together as a community. And so I wonder if we can um, work out what we should call this space when we gather on a Sunday morning. But when we come together, this is the call. This is the call to grow. The next passage, Ephesians 4, in Ephesians 4, says, Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. For him, the whole, for him, sorry, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. It doesn't say here it grows and builds itself up from being taught necessarily, but grows and builds itself up. There's a sense of the church owning that process, not coming and expecting it to be done for them as some sort of passive thing, but expects the church to come together to grow in and of itself. Paul says to the Ephesians that we grow by speaking the truth in love. When you hear that phrase, speaking the truth in love, what do you think of? I've got a few smiles around the room. You know, sometimes people can use this phrase as an excuse just to speak into your life. You know, they just want to pick something out of your life that's not quite working. So they go, oh, because I love you, because I love you, I want to pick this thing out in your life that's not healthy. But I'm speaking the truth in love, therefore I can say it. Do you know, this, this phrase here is not about that. It's not about that. The truth in the New Testament speaks of the gospel. When, the, when truth is referred to in the New Testament, it speaks of what Jesus has done and his message into our life. His word, his truth, brings liberty, brings freedom. And so all of us who know Jesus in this room have received the truth. The revelation of Jesus, his grace and his mercy and his kindness. So when we come to share the truth in love, what are we doing? We're communicating the gospel to one another as a community. We're drawing each one of us into that story of mercy and grace. 
Wouldn't that be amazing? When you turn up on a Sunday morning, that you know somebody is so for you that they want to draw out of you what is good, like Jesus does with us. That we show each other kindness and grace and mercy as we belong to one another, as we walk with each other, pursuing Jesus together. Dr. Yuri Brothenbrenner, what a great name, eh? He's a developmental psychologist, and he describes family as this. A group which possesses an implement and a rational commitment to the well-being of each other. Read that again. A family is a group which possesses an implement and a rational commitment to the well-being of each other. Have any of you ever been in love? Have you been irrational in how you've just loved that person? The way you just do stuff, you go, why did I do that? Why did I sacrifice my time in that way, my energy in that way, even your finances in that way? Because you love someone. You will go to the nth degree when you love somebody, won't you? You just will. Have any of you got kids? Yeah? How, have you sacrificially given of your time, your money, and your energy to your kids? Yeah, especially money. Absolutely. But why do we do it? Because we love. Because we love. Because we want to seek out the best in that other person. We want to sacrifice to bring out the best in that other person. And what does the Bible say? That we love, why? Because we are first loved by God. That there's something that happens in a Christian's heart when they follow Jesus. That they experience love. And because they experience love, what do they want to do? They want to love. We can't contain that, can we? When you receive love, you want to share love. And when you belong and when you connect with other people, you want to love because God has first loved you. There should be a natural, irrational overflow of what God is doing in you personally, individually, that makes you want to love others. John 13, 30 to 38 says, Love one another As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Wouldn't that be amazing? If we get people coming through our doors and they say, do you know why I come to this church? Because I see how you love one another. How you're sacrificial. How you give your time, your energy and your money. How you give of yourself that others might be blessed how you belong to one another and seek the best interest of one another. That would be great, wouldn't it? And that's who we're meant to be. We're meant to be a people who belong to Jesus and overflow in how we belong to one another. I'm going to take a step back now and just think about the church. Now, I'm not speaking of any of you when I say this, or me, but sometimes we want church to be different. Sometimes we might hear, not people here, but outside this church maybe say, do you know what, I wish my church was more dot, dot, dot. You may have heard somebody say that, you would never have said that. But you may have heard people say things like that, and it happens, believe me. They may say things like, the church should be more loving. The church, go on Margaret, yes should be more welcoming. The church should be more generous. The church should 
be more vibrant in its worship. I wish the worship life was more vibrant. The church should be more focused on its biblical teaching. It should teach me more. The church should be more concerned with the needs of the poor. And we could go on with this list, couldn't we? Has anybody ever heard anybody say anything else about the church? Yeah? But who is the church? Who is the church? We are the church. You are the church. And so I want, I want to throw out a challenge to you this morning. You know, when I, when I think like this, when I think about the church, it might not necessarily be this church, but you know, when, I, when I think about the church, obviously we have a desire that the church should mature and grow and be stretched. That's a good thing. But when we fall into that critical spirit bit, you know, when I find myself falling into that, do you know what I have to ask myself? I have to ask myself, am I willing to become in and of myself what I want the church to become? Am I willing in and of myself what I want the church to become? So going back to that list, am I willing to become more loving? Am I willing to become more welcoming? Am I willing to become more generous? Am I willing to become more vibrant in my worship? Am I willing to personally commit to God's word? You know how I understand his Bible, the Bible and his word. Am I willing to feed the poor? That, that's more of a challenge, isn't it? That's more of a challenge. Can you imagine what it would be like? You know, when we move forward with the vision of these next few months... What it would be like, you know, if we truly got hold of this. How each one of us could grow in the things that we want of the church in our own lives. Can you imagine what it would be like when we gathered as the church? What our worship would be like? What the overflow of our worship would be like? When we start to see change in our lives because of the grace of God. When we start to see change in the community. As we start to move in the power of God. As we become more relevant in the way we live in a more generous way towards others. That's exciting for me. That's exciting for me to think about a church that could belong to one another in that way, to seek that for each other. This is what the Holy Spirit is doing today. You know, when we think about church today, when we look around and we interact with one another, this is the church that Jesus is establishing. A church where people belong, who belong primarily to him and then to each other, but even to the world, even to the world where we might give of ourselves that they might too know the truth of God. Would you stand with me? Over these next few weeks, as we're doing these talks, there will be questions available that will be sent out tomorrow for small group leaders. And you might want to give some more thought to this as you gather, because this should be challenging. This is challenging for me. This should be challenging. This should stretch us and mature us and make us think in different ways towards how we see ourselves but also how we see others as we commit to belong to one another. And so I just want to give us a minute as the band just um, just put some music on there. Let's respond to the Lord in our hearts just as we gather together in his name. Let's just take a moment just to reflect on what I've said. And just make that your commitment. Lord, let me belong primarily to you, but also to those who you've put me amongst. Let's pray.
Spirit of God, we, we thank you that you are leading us individually and corporately, Lord, into goodness, Lord, into life. Lord, let us be a people that belong to you. Lord, we turn to you this morning afresh. Lord, we lift our eyes to heaven. God, and say, work in me, Lord, what I would want of the church. Shape me, mold me, free me. Spirit God, I pray you would move amongst us. Lord, as we journey through what it means to understand church, what it means to be a family on mission, what it means to be connected with one another, Lord, we look to you, Jesus, as the head of the church. move amongst us Lord come and free us in our understanding and our thinking Lord we repent of any negative attitudes we've had towards the church and God we thank you for it we thank you for the church and we give ourselves to belong to it Lord, that your life might be known in us and through us for the sake of the world. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. We're going to continue to worship. If anything has stirred in you today that you just want prayer for, you want the Lord just to shift something in you or to just to confirm something the Lord is already doing in you around this, then the ministry team that will be coming over now to the, to the left of me here, to by the windows, will pray with you. But if there's anything else, if you want any healing or you just want someone to stand with you in something, then come over. You know, people will pray over you. Let's continue to worship God.